Cricket and Vaughn, and we have a special guest tonight, Alex, Vaughn's oldest son. Hey, how's it going? Glad nice. to have you here, sir. Love having guests here. It's pretty awesome. And we're going to get some information out of Alex, because he's going to tell us all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we have devised some questions. We are really curious to see what kind of responses we're going to get out of this young man on some of these questions today. And we've got a few stories that he has told me about in the past. Oh, I can't wait for him to tell again because they are wonderful. Yes. But we will get into those here shortly. But we're going to get into some questions for him. Uh, first off, uh, we'd like to say, you know, he is a college student. Do we want to tell people where he goes or do we not want to tell people where he goes? Uh, everybody can know that he goes to school at A&M. That's right. fine. There's 60,000 people on good. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot <laughs> of people there. So it's not like, oh, yeah, I probably know him. I mean, that, that's like a, uh, a friend of mine lives in South Carolina. He saw a guy the other day at a store with a Texas license plate. And he said, yeah, you probably know him. I'm like, oh, yeah, Texas is small. There's a good chance I probably know him. It doesn't take 12 hours to drive across Texas. Yeah. No, we probably know each other, definitely. Definitely. Anyway, so uh, before we get into some of the other questions, uh, there's one I want to like to know. So how, how well, I was going to say how is college life? But since college is not really college right now, because you're doing everything online, how was it before all this stuff happened? What was college like before the onset of coronavirus? Exactly. Oh, well, definitely college was very much a transformative experience for me. Just because in high school I was one of the more studious people, and a lot of stuff came very easy to me. And just having to adjust to that life and trying to figure out how to study for myself it made me really appreciate all the people in high school that had to work for what they wanted and I, I don't know I mean it was just go, coming from a small town and then going into a very big area like that it just completely caught me off guard at first because I'm sitting on a campus with over 60,000 people when there was less than 100 people in my graduating class. Right. So it was right. quite a culture shock to you. Definitely. So Definitely. was it was it kind of what you were expecting? Or did it kind of just like, were you in awe when you first got there and realized just how big that place really was? I was expecting it to be different but not to the extent that it was. So Ex you, you explain were caught that. off guard. Explain that. Okay. How, how was it different than what you were expecting? Well, most of my experience with college had just been like community colleges, going to ones that are closer by. It's mostly people that I had known that had already gone off to college. But me going to Texas A&M, there was no one I knew there. So me being a person who normally stuck stuck to myself most of the time, I more or less kind of had to reinvent myself a little bit and kind of get myself more out there so I could actually start getting to meet people, and that was probably the toughest part, because I'm sitting over here thinking, oh my god, what are these people going to think of me? Do I really want to go out there and do all this? And so, <laughs> it was a lot of work. And then, it was a pretty big culture shock then, yes, like I was saying. Okay, yeah, I got definitely, you. definitely. Now, those of you who are listening don't know this, but Alex was the valedictorian of his graduating class. 
and he was so far ahead of everybody in his graduating class that they had no hope of catching him. And it was interesting seeing him go from this high school senior who was miles and miles away better than everyone else that was in his graduating class, as far as academics go, going into a computer science program at Texas A&M, and all of a sudden he's a much smaller fish in a much larger pond because everybody was at that level going into the school, or they wouldn't be there. Correct. And So basically everybody is you. Yeah. (laughs) And they're all competing to be better than you. Exactly. Like, going from barely having to work to succeed and basically just having everything come easy to me to going to the point where I'm like, I finally thought, oh my god, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Like... That was the first time I'd ever sat down in a class, and I just sat there, and I was writing my notes, and I was like, what? <laughs> and I just sat there and looked around, and there was these other people just nodding their heads like, mm, yes, I got this. And I'm just like, <laughs> no. <laughs> and with A&M, whenever you're going into computer science, as, as you already said, you have to go through the engineering department, and that is one of the toughest things that you have to go through. Because to get into your major at Texas A&M, you have to jump three separate hurdles. The first one being getting into the college itself, then applying and getting into the College of Engineering, and then you have to make it through your first year to apply for a chance to get your major. Mm-hmm. And then from what I know, it is mechanical, aerospace, and computer science that are the three most popular mm-hmm. and competitive majors at Texas A&M. And for the ETAM, Entry to a Major Process, you have to have a 3.5 GPA or higher mm-hmm. by the end of your first year whenever you apply to get auto admission. And at that point, you're good. It's guaranteed. But you have to work your butt off mm-hmm. to be able to get to that point. And Other- that's something that you weren't really used to having to do. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> yes, yes. I'll admit, I had to put in a lot of work. I lost a lot of sleep. And this past semester, I had to shift myself to a nocturnal schedule. Mother was not too happy about that when I were, uh, her, my stepdad went to go get up in the morning to go to work at 6 a.m. And I was still in there in my room studying. Yeah. That, that but but a, you got you to gotta do what you got to do in situations yeah, like that. And sure enough, I ended up with a 3.5 GPA. I got that auto admission. And I'm just waiting for the results to come back. And I just hold out hope for all my friends back in College Station who didn't get up to that point. And it's... Okay. And it's... It's a very tough thing if you're trying to get into one of those more popular majors and you don't have auto admission because the chances of you getting it are very slim after they get through all the auto admit people Mm -hmm. because then you have to go through the holistic review and then it's just really down to a matter of if they choose you or not. It's very selective. Well, I'm glad that you made it in and I'm glad that you're doing well because it could have gone in a much different direction. Definitely. <laughs> because you, you see people coming from these small schools in Texas or, or wherever else, and they get into these large ponds. And while they think they were doing well in the school they were in, all of a sudden they're hit with everything. And it just causes them to just 
they're gone. It's like I mentioned earlier about the whole culture shock. Some of these mm-hmm. kids have probably never seen anything like this, and they all they. I'm pretty sure there's some every year that just like, man, what the heck am I doing? There's no. I need to go back home. This is not for me, mm-hmm. and just shut down and go home. Mm-hmm. Say so I'll go to a smaller college closer to home. This is too big for me. Well, and one thing that you had done during high school is you went to a junior college while you were in high school and got dual credits. Am I am I correct on that? Correct. Okay, so that that kind of set you up for a little bit of what you would be seeing once you got into into a four year university, but having that experience of going from living at home in the small little school in Texas to going to one of the biggest schools in Texas and one of the most competitive schools in Texas. Biggest public university in the nation. Biggest public university in the nation, exactly. You know, it, it, it's crazy. And, and I applaud you for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we actually had some questions um, for Alex while he was here. Um, we don't have anything that we ask all of our guests. We just kind of ask random things we're just curious about you know your thoughts and opinions on these things exactly your thoughts and opinions (laughs) and and go off in as many tangents as you want to go we've got as much time as you need um out of curiosity what is your favorite quarantine activity because we've all been in quarantine for what going on three months now two months seems like a year an activity other than schoolwork well, right up next to schoolwork would definitely be sleeping, catching up after the semester ended. <laughs> after that, I have been more or less kind of going and trying to catch up on my backlog for all these different shows that I watch and like catching up on book series because, I mean, a lot of the shows that I watch, I mean, I like anime and all that. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Some people like it, some people don't, but a lot of them are also based on light novels or book series and all that stuff and I have friends who have the book series and I'm like oh cool I'll go and read that and then they turn around and there's like 28 volumes stacked up and I'm like oh okay <laughs> I have some reading to do <laughs> exactly and like right now if I'm not mistaken I think I have 27 different shows on backlog on my list and it's just been a slow arduous process trying to get through them all Yeah, and it's almost like a second job I don't get paid for that, though. Well, you know, you get paid in, I don't know, points? <laughs> I don't know. I you mean, get paid in culture points. How's that? If you could call it that. <laughs> I mean, I, I've always been the type of person that I enjoy reading recreationally. Not many people my age do. That's true. And like, I'll sit there and I'll power through a book in like a day or less. Mm-hmm. And it gets to the point where I'm just sitting there reading, and I'm like, I don't really realize that I'm reading anymore. I start visualizing everything in my head, and I'll be looking down like, oh, hey, page 27, flipping around, moving through the pages, reading some more. And then I'm like, oh, hey, page 146. Mm-hmm. How long have I been here? Uh, see, Is I used that- to do that when I was a kid because I had literally nothing else to do. <laughs> I was raised in the type of household we didn't have a TV, we didn't have screens. Um, I had a PlayStation that I was allowed to play for a couple of hours a day, and that's basically it. The rest of the time, my mother expected me to read, and it really 
opened up my ability to kind of sink into these books. And it plays like a movie in your head. And that's when you know that the writing is good. I mean, because some books are like tough to get through. But when you're sitting there reading that book, and like you were saying, you, you know, you all but forgot you were reading a book because mm-hmm. you're visualizing everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's when you know that's a good, a well-written novel, story, yes. whatever it is you're reading. Because it drags you in it and drags it lets you, you go. I mean, because I, I can remember like one of the last Stephen King books I read. I mean, I, I could sit there and it was about this dungeon or this castle, whatever, and it was describing how this guy was walking through there, and I could see it in my mind. Oh, I remember exactly. the Eye of the Dragon. Eye of the Dragon. Yes, that was a that was a good book. That was one of Stephen King's first or only fantasy novels because he he does supernatural novels, but he doesn't do fantasy, and that was fantasy, and it was really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I know another thing. That, okay. We're gonna. We're, I'm gonna skip a couple questions because I'm, I'm waiting. I, I need to hear this story again. Um, I, I know that when you do have time, you do indulge in online gaming, correct? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you're always talking about these different games that you play, like the one with Jason from the Friday the Thirteenth series. Uh, other types of multiplayer. Uh, what, what, what's the the term I'm looking for? The open world games. M- M- RPGs. M- yeah. RPGs. All right. And. MPORG, is that what it's called? MMORPGs. MM- yeah. MMOs and stuff like yeah. that. And then call- okay, anyway. Like World of Warcraft, things like that. You're going to have to ex- go through this story about this. There's an online game, it's a multiplayer online game. Well, there's multiple servers and stuff like that, right? For this, it's called Day Daisy. Daisy. And I'm going to go ahead and shut up now. So I want him to tell the story because it is absolutely fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> all so right. It's all you right now, buddy. Tell, I mean, I want you to start like from the time you got on this game and everything. All right. So sit down, strap up. We're going to be here a little while because this is a story <laughs> I absolutely love telling. So it all, all starts off... Uh, I got Daisy through the Xbox Game Pass. It was just something that I got for free. I figured, okay, I'd try it out. I have a few friends that started playing it. They got in a server. They were enjoying it a lot. There's there's a Discord server off to the side to where it's like a bigger community. There's like hundreds of people going through the server all the time. It's It was a pretty big thing. So I figured, okay, I'd hop in. Uh, one of my friends who had a mutual friend had been in that server for a while. He already had some stuff set up, so he was kind of going around, showing us the ropes, telling us how to play the game. And he was sort of like our little teacher throughout the entire thing. He was... Kind of showing you the ropes. Exactly. Okay, I got you. Because it it was a brand new game. I had no idea what I was doing. And this is like an open world type game? or Correct. Uh, DayZ is a type of game where it is basically a sort of post-apocalyptic Russia type thing. Okay. Where you literally spawn in along the coast, and it's like, all right, here's an apple, some clothes, good luck. 
And so it's one of those you start off with nothing and hope like heck you find some stuff soon. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And depending on the servers, like some of them refresh a lot more occasionally so that you can actually find loot in the starting areas. Because if you go into like the more official servers off to the side, then you spawn in and there's like nothing. The people have already picked it clean. You have to like trek two miles inland for a chance to find maybe some canned tuna. Wow. Yeah, okay. and of course there's the zombies and all that. They're a threat. But it's mostly the people that you have to look out for. The other people... The other players. Other players, okay. And my... So, like, you're talking about these servers. Like, on average, about how many people could possibly be on a server? Or is that something that the... I'm sure there's, like, admins for these servers? Correct. Do they Can they set how many people are allowed on that server? It's mostly the person who owns the server that can set the limit for it. The admins are just kind of there to moderate things mostly. They can ban people if they're doing okay. certain things. Because believe me, it's very easy to go, alright, I'm going to go to the military base, get a bunch of guns, and then go sit out in the spawn area and just kill everybody that moves. Okay. But for these servers, they can range anywhere from 10 people, 50 people... A hundred people. It really depends on what the owner of the server is capable of handling. Okay. And, you know, there can be hundreds of people that, like, cycle through the server, but there can only be so many people logged in at a time just due to capacity. Oh, okay. I got you. Alright, so no, I'm sorry. I kind of went off a little tangent there, but. Yeah, yeah. That, I, we really we, we want to make story. sure that our <laughs> listeners understand what everything about that's going game. on. Right. Because you know everything that's about it. I don't know everything that's about this game yeah, so yeah, yeah. don't be surprised if i stop you and say okay wait explain that because we want everybody to understand what you're doing yeah okay uh let's see probably the most interesting part when i first started the game though was my literal first encounter with a complete and total stranger on the server okay just a little context there are certain conditions that your player character can get you can get sick you can like have pneumonia, like you have to manage your hunger, thirst, body temperature, your clothes can get wet, you have to take them off and wring them out. There's also the option whenever you kill another player, you can literally eat them. Oh crap. <laughs> well I guess if your hunger's too high, you have to do something, and right? Desperate times call for desperate, desperate measures. measures. <laughs> but that's leading into what I'm getting into. Alright, let's go. I'm let's here get by myself. I'm just trying to figure out where I'm going because I have no map awareness. I don't know where I'm going. I'm just walking along the road, playing some music in the background. And I come across a little town. There's a water pump. My thirst is about to run out. I'm like, oh my god, finally I have a saving grace. I'm sitting down there drinking the water and I suddenly hear footsteps behind me. I turn around. There's some dude like fully decked out and stuff. I can hear his character like kind of laughing a little bit. But I can hear his mic feedback coming through, and I know it's not him actually laughing. And then he's like, oh, hey, stranger, how are you doing? I'm just, like, having a little miniature heart attack because I had no clue there was anybody near me. <laughs> so my character, like, backs up. I'm trying to, like, figure out where I'm going. And this guy's like, oh, yeah, my character's laughing a little bit. Don't worry about it. You look like you just started the game fresh, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm explaining to him how my friends got me into the game. He's just sitting there talking to me a little bit. He's like, oh, so do you know which town we're in? I'm like, no, I don't really know. All the signs are in Russian. So even if I did know what town I was in, it's not like I could read it. So I 
he says, can you lead me to the town sign? So I kind of lead him over. He's like, do you happen to have a compass? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I mean, do you want it? He's like, oh, yeah, thank you. So he gives me some brass knuckles for self-defense, a few cans of food. And he's like, all right, man, well, thanks for the trade. Have a good day. And then he leaves, and I never hear from him again. But, you know, just that little character laughing was probably just, like, the creepiest thing in the entire encounter. <laughs> and then, like, several days later, whenever I finally, like, group up with my buddies, and we're going in, like, building up a base, we're gathering materials, got a car ready and all that, and then I hear my friend's character laughing, too. I'm like, oh, hey, whenever I first started playing the game, I heard somebody laughing, too. And he's like, oh, they were a cannibal. And I just kind of sat there and was like, you what? <laughs> because apparently whenever you eat other human flesh, you become infected with like a more of a mental disease and your character will laugh periodically. So that's just a dead giveaway for a cannibal. So then I So you were dealing there. with a cannibal and had no idea. Yeah, so here I am, poor defenseless me. This guy's completely decked out and he spared me. I was just sitting there thinking, oh my god. I put up with a cannibal and lived. <laughs> so you're lucky he was not hungry at that point in time. Exactly. Anyway, fast forward a few more days, I kind of got more used to the game. And for the Discord server that I was in, I started getting more acquainted with the people that frequented the server. And the admins, they had their own little set of rules. They had like a trader station set up, kind of off to the side. But as time went on, I realized it was basically more a matter of, hey, this is my base. This is the admin's base. We're calling it a trader station, and you're not allowed to PvP here. If you do, you will get banned from the server. So I'm sitting here thinking, you know what? That's kind of a load of crap. I mean, everybody else has all these bases around. But, you know, I put up with it for the time being. Anyway, as time went on we realized that the admins actually had the ability to ping a player's location. So, like, the map, like, if you go from corner to corner, it's, like, 20 kilometers across. But the admins, literally every single five minutes, they could ping anybody on the server, and it would show them exactly on the map where they were. And they had the ability to spawn in their own weapons, their own armor, their own materials. So, like, they didn't really have to work for anything that they had. But they had one of their own personal friends come in who was not an admin. They just suddenly gave him a bunch of loot and started sending him the players' locations of certain people. Because me mm -hmm. and my friends, we had started a group. We were like six or seven people strong. And people were starting to, like, starting to go against us because we had influence. We had power. We had our own base. We were a group that people did not want to run into. And then it finally came around to this guy was going around, had our locations at all times, and would literally just kill us without us even knowing. I was in a closed room. There was no windows, no nothing. And then I just suddenly died. Because he'd come after you. Exactly. And then there was a few of my buddies. One of them had spawned in, and not even two seconds later, he was dropped down. So we're just like, what's going on? This Discord server that we're in, it's connected to the DayZ server itself. And about two or so minutes after a person kills another player, it'll pop up in the kill feed. It'll say, so-and-so killed so-and-so with this weapon. So this guy had, like, the best weapon in the game, was going around sniping people, like, barely ever missed. It was silenced. He had gillies and everything. But the admins and all that, they were from Australia. 
so they were on a different time zone than us. So it got to the point where we were just literally getting hunted down as soon as we spawned, so we kind of got a little bit sick of it. So that, so they were doing all this just to get stockpiles of more loot? Pretty much. Okay. Also just to more or less kind of disperse any other sort of power in the server. Just because, you know, there were six or seven of us. If you run into a group that big, you do not fight. Like, you just don't. You're not going to win. Right. So, me and one of my closer friends, the, everyone else had kind of gotten offline at that time. And we had decided, you know what? We're sick of this. We're going to go stick it to the admins. So, we took our happy little asses and we walked all the way across the map with hardly any food, any supplies. We were basically starving the entire way, just hoping beyond hope that we could find enough food to get us where we were going. And we managed to make it all the way to the admin's base, the one that was off limits and not allowed to raid, because this is my base, you're not allowed to touch it. So, we did a little bit of staking out, and by this time, it was, I think, around... 7 or so p.m. for us and by then it was like 2 3 a.m. for the other guys none of the admins were on we had one of our guys looking at the discord server to make sure none of them logged online so that we knew we were good and me and my buddy we went to that base and we walked all the way around there was barbed wire fence constructed walls everywhere it looked nearly impenetrable and the admins had boasted yeah this is our base don't raid it even if you could pretty hard set so we're looking around and we're not finding any holes so we're thinking okay this isn't gonna work we go to the front gate they have like a dial combination lock so any lock picks we have would not work so I sat there and I was like okay I'm just gonna start throwing random numbers in and see if it works we said <laughs> yeah you think that's funny but that's not actually how we got in unfortunately oh, okay. <laughs> we man we man that would be great if that would have worked though <laughs> one two Three, three, four. <laughs> see, I actually got a little bit creative with it, and I started looking at the gamer tags for the admins just to see if any of them had number combinations in theirs to see if that would work. Because, you know, if that worked, I was going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm a genius. But, alas, it didn't work. That's a good, that's a good thought process, though. I mean, you know, if they would have had, like, if they would all had, like, two, three, seven, seven in their gamer tag, chances are that would be their combination. Exactly. Okay, I see your thought process. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, so the walls that are player-built, they are just tall enough to where you cannot climb over them. The regular fences and stuff like the barbed wire fences, you can hop over those. You'll take a little bit of damage because you know barbed wire. That makes sense. But the player-built walls, you cannot get over. However, the place that they built the base, it already had like a built-in gate. Of course, they built their own but the gate that was built into the game itself, like, cannot be destroyed, cannot be moved, it is part of the map itself, it was open and off to the side, and it was sort of like colliding with the wall itself, so the gear started turning in my head, and I went over to the gate and I was like, yo, I wonder, I told my buddy, come over here just in case, like, crouch down so I can, like, hop on top of your head and, like, try to see if I can get over that way, but I just went over, tried to do the climbing action, and my character, he went on top of the gate, and it was kind of like sitting there glitching out for a little bit because it was colliding with the player wall. But I just sat there kept sprinting and sure enough it like nudged me just over and I got inside the first gate. <laughs> and so then, you found your way in. Exactly. So I was just sitting there like, 
I turned around to my buddy and was like, oh my god, I made it in. He's like, what? He was like, how? how? And I just said, okay, so you just go right there, you kind of see the little bit of the gate sticking through the wall, go there. So he managed to get in there too, and we're like, okay, now we're in, how do we get out? So we went around, looked a little bit more, because there was another wall that we had to make it through, and there was just enough of a space that if you like lay down on the ground and like turn the right way and like kind of shimmy your way in backwards, then you can make it inside. But from there, you're still blocked. This was a lot of effort. Yes. <laughs> well, they were being crappy, and so this, this deserved the effort. Yeah. Hey, if anything, spite is what drives me. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, was I want that as a t-shirt. Spite drives me. I exist a spite admin. <laughs> t-shirt idea. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, like, these guys had gone through so many measures to make sure nobody would get in. Like, there was yet another wall. But... The second, the middle layer wall that we had just got past, it had like sort of ramparts and stuff that you could climb up onto. So we managed to figure out a way where you could just get upright. You'd have to do like a straight jump to get to the other side of it because there was like a swinging gate. You had to like jump over, open the gate, jump through, close it so that you could use that as a leverage to get over the next wall. And by then we finally managed to get on top of the building and we were like, okay, now that we're up here, before we jump down, we have to make sure that we actually have a way out. <laughs> because the way we got in was a very obvious one way. You're not going to be able to take that same method to get out just because it's out of reach. Mm-hmm. So I kind of did a little bit of scoping around. I was like, okay, maybe if we try this way, we can go in. So me and my buddy, we finally jumped down off the building, and we started ransacking everything. <laughs> We went to all the tents. We took all the loot. And by now, one of our other friends had logged online. We told him what we were doing. He was like, yo, I want a part of this. (laughs) So he's like on the outside of the entire compound. He's like, where are you guys? So we hop up on one of the ramparts. We're sitting there waving at him. And we're like, oh, hey, so stand about right here. We're going to start giving you stuff. The game has a mechanic to where whatever you have in your hands, you can throw it. So, you know, we're limited on inventory space. We can only carry so much. So we just started taking everything else, and we threw it over the walls. <laughs> <laughs> like we took. So okay, let me let me break this down into the into the smallest possible story here. You broke into an impenetrable fortress. Pretty much. You looted everything you could get and put it in your pockets, and the stuff you couldn't put in your pockets, you threw over the wall for your buddies. Correct. Gotcha. Continue. Anyway. <laughs> So we're sitting there, we managed to clear out everything in the first section, we're like, okay, we got this, and the tents that you can store stuff in, you can actually pick those up too. (laughs) So their means of storage, we stole that as well. (laughs) (laughs) And by then, we had already cleared out like four or so of these tents that had like 400 inventory slots in them. And then we're like, oh hey, there's six more tents on the other side of this wall, let's try to get over there. So we hop in there. And we're moving around, we're clearing out some of the other tents, throwing more of the stuff over. Our buddy who had basically run out of inventory space, he was just getting stuff and like throwing it off into random points in the woods. Like the stuff that we didn't want to keep, he was just getting rid of it. So that it would eventually despawn, they couldn't have it. If we couldn't have it, they couldn't. And I walked into one of these tents and I saw a person standing there and I had a little miniature heart attack. I was like, I literally panicked, I pulled out my gun, I was like, dude, 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 there's someone in here. And he was like, oh my god, are the admins on? But the character that I ran into didn't interact at all. So that 
made me sit there and think, okay, so is this how they're spawning in loot? Did they literally just spawn in like an empty account, throw some stuff on it? Because from the character's appearance, I could see like they had all this nice gear, there were some pretty good weapons, there was even a broadsword, which you can only get by spawning into the game. I was like, huh, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> so after we cleared out the rest of the tents, we threw everything else over. We didn't end up throwing over two of the tents just because we were like, okay, we kind of had enough of that. There was a certain spot that you had to get to. It was just too much trouble to work with. You can non-lethally knock people out. If you punch them in the face, they go unconscious, but do not die. <laughs> so, my bold and confident self, I decided, I want that sword. I don't give any care what's going to happen to me if I take it. So I knocked out the NPC and I took it off of his unconscious body. <laughs> <laughs> and throughout this entire process, mind you, we're taking like screenshots and pictures and videos of like my buddies dancing. Like we had our buddy outside the gate spectating us from outside, standing on top of the building, just dancing around with all this decked out gear, throwing stuff over the walls. Because I was thinking if we do get caught, I'm going to put all of this together and I'm just going to send it to the admins in the Discord with a massive middle finger up saying, ha, this is what you get. <laughs> anyway, one of the NPCs had, act had accidentally ended up dying just because, you know, they had been sitting there long enough. I had knocked them out, but their food or something had run down and they were just slowly dying. So like 20 or so minutes later, it popped up in the kill feed that I had killed an NPC. And I was like, oh no. Oh crap. So <laughs> we me, need to run. <laughs> yeah, so we, me and my buddy, we were like, we have to figure out a way out now. So there comes another long, arduous process of just experimenting with the walls, trying to figure out how are we going to get out of here. Once again, it came up to getting on the ramparts, managed to straight jump onto another building climb up onto the chimney and just enough room to where you could build up speed to sprint jump onto the top of the wall and you had to land it just right so you didn't fall off. You had to build up a little bit more speed, run along the length of the wall and then jump off sideways to make it over the other two layers of walls to make it outside <laughs> the compound. And we had my buddy out there who literally went and got the tents that we had thrown over earlier. He set one of them up just to kind of make it a little bit less of a fall so that we would land on that instead of the ground, which was like 40 feet down. Probably kill us. Mm -hmm. Barely managed to survive it. And so we just take everything and we start booking it. <laughs> one of our buddies that was expecting the Discord, he just sees that one of them hopped online and the dude's just... We literally see the guy spawn in from a... Like a good ways off, I had some binoculars. I was looking back and I could see him spawn in up there. I was like, dude, run. Just, <laughs> just run. Keep going. Don't stop. And we hauled it all the way to the next closest city and we just like took all of our stuff, set it down. We were like, okay, what can we put in our inventories that we want to keep? We took everything, then logged out. <laughs> 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 and we like took one last little picture. You can do like little uh, emojis and stuff with your hands like there's different communication stuff you can do so I made I like backed up you can see the enemy's base in the background made like a little heart symbol with my hands and I put my two buddies in it <laughs> with like you can see the tower of the <laughs> base in the background I screenshotted that so you had admins that were abusing power you figured out a way to get into their base you stole all their crap killed one of their players found a way back out of the base took off running, 
and then took pictures to basically rub it in their face. Exactly. Love it. <laughs> because that's the thing. Like, if you are killed in the game, then all of your stuff stays on the ground. So we were like, okay, these guys are literally going to track down and kill us now, or they're just going to straight up ban us. So in the case that that does happen, let's just log out so that the stuff despawns with us, and they can't get it. <laughs> so they can't get it back. Exactly. We took everything we could, and we just made sure that they couldn't hold it. So the moral of the story is, don't F with people who know computers better than you. Well, with gaming, because you, that's one thing you don't really want to piss off in these kind of open world games is a dedi- dedicated person to get back at you for doing something wrong. <laughs> because they have nothing but time and just I mean all these games people are figuring out these different glitches and that's just because these people have all this time on their hands or that they're just dedicated to figure out a way to do something and that sounds like exactly what you guys did yeah yeah pretty much freaking awesome I love it (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I think their biggest mistake that drove us to do that was not only did they like kill us and then just keep kept doing it they made it they went to our base they took everything that we had pretty much like they basically left us with nothing so at that point we were like screw it we have nothing to lose they're just going to keep doing this to us as long as we group up together we're just going to go find another server so I mean we're either going to keep doing this we're going to if it works out it works out if it doesn't it doesn't you had nothing to lose yeah nothing to lose I was like alright I'm just going to do the biggest thing no one in the server's done it before and then whenever the mods and the admins actually figured out that I was the one who did that, I did not sell it my friends by any means. I was like, yeah, I had help, but I'm not going to tell you who they were. <laughs> You're no snitch. Oh, exactly. And they were like, how Snitches did... get stitches. And they were asking, how did you even get in? I was like, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> say, well, I figured out a way to get in, and I'm not going to tell you. But I'm going to try to let everybody else I can find know. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that way, every time you guys are offline, you can just go take your stuff again. Oh, yeah. And that's more or less kind of what happened. Cause oh, I, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> when I was talking to the admins, they were like, how did you get in? You need to tell us. And I was like, what? You already banned me from the server. What are you going to do? Ban me again? Right. So I told them, all right, well, if you unban me and just basically forget that this happened... Then I'll show you where I got in, and you can fix it. I'll help you out a little bit. Just, you know, stop abusing the power and all that. We can settle this civilly. And they were like, no, and they just kicked me out of the Discord server, too. So I was like, oh, all right, then. So me being the spiteful person I am, I went and made an alternate account. And I hopped back onto the Discord server. And I started going around, and I made a compilation of all the pictures and videos that I took, unlisted, posted it up to YouTube so I could get the link send it in the discord and they got livid because <laughs> you basically told the world how to get in and take all their crap I didn't we didn't record videos of how we got in oh okay I went into each of the individual people in the server and I basically gave them a step by step process how to get in because at that point it had turned into a matter of not oh this is impossible you can't do it even if you shouldn't because of what we did, we told everybody, oh, hey, it is possible, and you can do it. <laughs> that was the most glorious thing, because for several, like, 
yeah, several days straight, the admins just had to keep putting up with people showing up in their base while they were in the middle of doing something. <laughs> there was people, like, they would spawn in and immediately get gunned down by some random player. They got pissed. <laughs> well, they probably put a lot of time and effort into building this base and doing all this stuff. And then somebody finally, just like you, finally came along, got tired of putting up with their crap that they thought they were getting away with, and it just rained on their parade. I was the spark that lit the fire. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing that story. I was really looking forward to it. I mean, you kind of gave me, like, the Cliff Notes version of it, and I was really anxious to hear more so thank you for going in such detail about that because that was well worth the wait it was i love it absolutely amazing and honestly the moral of the story is no matter how secure your defenses are there's always going to be somebody who can get in oh yeah if someone's determined enough they're going to make it there's nothing you can do to stop there's them. nothing you can do to stop it there's always a back door somewhere oh yeah even if we hadn't been able to get in that way we were really tempted to go and spend another three hours of our life getting a car together mm -hmm. to drive it over there to use it as a step stool to get over the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so we something were, was going to happen. Yeah. We were going to get in one way or another. It was just a matter of how and when. Good times. Yeah. Good times. Good times. That was a great story. Thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> well, this that story has definitely made me decide one thing for sure. Because I know there's so many more things I want to ask you about that we can get into detail on. Because I know that you're also big into Dungeons and Dragons. You like doing that? Oh, yeah. Almost yeah, you every do that as almost a player and as a DM, correct, Dungeon Master? Yes, sir. Okay, so I don't think we have a time. We have some other stuff we'd like to talk about also. But I know we don't really have time to get into some of that. So we are, and if you're okay with it, we are definitely going to have you back on for at least another episode or two. Because I love these kind of stories, and I'm sure you've got a plethora of them. Oh, yeah. I get new stories every weekend, every session. Well, there you go. You can share a new one every time you come over. Fantastic. That's great. Sweet. Uh, what other questions did you have for him? Um, well, just some, you know, just some little minor questions. Like, um, just out of curiosity, what is your favorite quarantine activity, aside from breaking into people's impenetrable bases and stealing all their stuff. Well, we did go into that a little bit earlier, if I remember correctly. It had to do with, like, the reading of books and all that and watching oh, the yeah. shows on the back lawn. You're right. You're right. We did. Um, do you... <laughs> you're going to laugh at this one. Do you believe that pineapple belongs on pizza? No. <laughs> Hell no. Now, those of you who can't see his face, it kind of screwed up into this weird little angry face that was telling me that I shouldn't have even asked the question that I offended him so much. Like, there are many things that I'm okay with being on pizza. Pineapple, I do not think, is one of them. But even Deadpool likes pineapple on pizza. He likes pineapple, pineapple and olives because it's sweet, sweet and, salty, and salty and it goes together. Okay, but he's also a psychopath. <laughs> okay, so, alright, you brought up Deadpool, so that, that leads us to a question, too. Many years ago, before the first Deadpool hit theaters, there was a short little section that got quote-unquote accidentally leaked online 
and these people just went nuts over this little clip about whether or not Deadpool left his stove on. Well, it it was the, it was the clip where okay, do you remember in the movie where he's talking about um, where I got my movie? It was from I can't tell you, but his name rhymes from Wolverine, right. and he jumps down into the top of that SUV and starts kicking butt with everybody he touches. Right. That was the part that was leaked. Right, but it, it all has part of that too in it. And so, what I want your opinion? Do you think that was truly accidentally leaked? Or do you think these people that that were the directors and the filmmakers were basically like dipping their toe in the water and just kind of testing it to see what kind of reaction people were going to get? I definitely think it was by design. Because Deadpool, like, as long as he's been around, he's always been the fourth wall breaking type of anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Like, that would just make the most sense. I, I honestly believe it was a sort of PR stunt to go and be like, oh, hey, this is what we're working on. We're not going to tell you much about it, but hey, here's just a little bit of taste. Yeah. And people went nuts over it, like you said. I remember now, seeing the clip, and people thought it was a fan-made film. And they were like, right. oh, there's no way. But then uh, there was some people that were like, oh, wait, it could be true. Well, they were actually not sure about Deadpool because, number one, you're not showing the, the face of your superstar. Mm-hmm. Because So having Ryan Reynolds in there was crazy because three-fourths of the movie, you don't see his face. So what's the point of even having him? I mean, the rest of it, he shows up like a shriveled up a raisin. The rest <laughs> of it, he's he's marred and discard, uh, di- disca- uh, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> it doesn't look right. Messed up. Messed up. Um, and then... Um, they were worried about the mask muffling his voice, which he actually addresses in the movie in a fourth wall break. But that was one of the reasons they didn't want to bring Deadpool to the front because Spider-Man takes his mask off. His ma- his his voice doesn't get muffled by the mask. Deadpool, on the other hand, is a completely different character. He has to be a little bit more real because he does break that fourth wall. And the producers of this movie that didn't exist yet we're not 100% sure that audiences would take to a character where his voice was muffled, they couldn't see his face, when they did see his face, it looked terrible. How are people going to react to that? But then when this quote-unquote leaked footage came out, <laughs> everybody went nuts, and oh, they had I, to I know I did. It. I'm guilty. I, I, remember some, I don't remember what social media or whatever it may have been. I, don't I think know. I showed you on YouTube. Yeah, I don't know if it was on YouTube or what it was I saw it on. But I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, I hope this is an actual film that they're making it and I, I just can't wait. Because like, I know <laughs> like, oh, when this movie finally hit theaters, opening weekend, I went and watched it twice. By yourself. The first night it came out. Mm-hmm. He and went by himself, people. Twice to go watch it. And then I went back with my wife the next day. And then later on that night, a buddy of mine went and, and I went and watched it again. So in opening weekend, I saw Deadpool at least four times. Yeah, and then you and I went the weekend after. That's right. Yep. And then the next weekend, Alex here came up and saw it and visited for the weekend. And we went and watched it yet again. So, and... I couldn't even begin to tell you how many times I've seen it since then. 
To the point where we can quote it back and forth. We're not going to do that now, but we can quote it back and forth. Oh, absolutely. That's such a great movie. And some of the underlining, some of the like other characters in the movie, I mean, like, what was the the girl's name? Negasonic. Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Yeah, she's one of my favorites. I mean, that's Want to like switch the, names? That's like the coolest nickname ever. But, <laughs> but it, that's, I love that movie. And Deadpool 2 was, just, was not quite as good, but it was still good. Uh, looking forward to the next Deadpool movie. I know there will be another one because they've already uh, signed. They've on, already greenlit it. Green yeah, they've it. already greenlit that one. So it'll be curious to see what other characters they bring in because I mean the Marvel universe. I mean that's like the best idea I think they ever had is start making films from Marvel because there are just so many characters. Now there's you say a, that there's a lot of them that you, can't carry their own films. Well, now hang on, you say that. But it's about who is making the Marvel movies because right, Fantastic Four. <laughs> Fantastic horrible. Four was a horrible movie. They keep trying over and over. To but make you a look good at Fantastic DC Four Comics, movie, and eventually, I think they'll get one. DC Comics has just as many characters to choose from as Marvel. Right. But their movies are far and away not anywhere near as good as Marvel. It has Except for to, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was as good. Wonder Woman was great. I liked it. You know why? Because it was, it was a, it's a female lead character, and it was written and directed by a female, correct? And it was four women. And it was four women. It was because not for men. Because they showed her power and not made her look like a sex symbol the whole movie. That's exactly right. And, and you know, my favorite part during that movie is, is such, a, such a tiny little part of that movie, but it, it resonated with me as a woman. At the very end, when she did the superhero landing... Her thigh jiggled. Yeah. You know, and that's such a tiny little moment, but it meant so much to me because as a woman, I'm sorry, our thighs jiggle. We're not perfect. And you don't see that in other superhero movies. You don't see that in other CGI movies because they fix everything and it's got to be just perfect. But Wonder Woman was a real woman. Yeah. That uh, that movie version of her was real. And I hope they continue that in in the upcoming... Wonder Woman. I, I just thought it was great that that entire film was basically two things happening. Someone hollering, Diana, no. And her basically going, Diana, yes. And then she goes <laughs> off and does her own thing. Regardless. Yeah. So, I mean, that that was a good DC film. Now, I know there were some other good... I mean, there were DC films that were... may not be considered a good film... But they were fun to watch. Aquaman. Objectively a terrible film. Suicide Squad. Suicide objectively Squad. a terrible film. So much fun to watch. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching that film. I like watching Suicide Squad. It is a mess of a story. Oh, Just a absolutely. complete wreck. But the, it's fun. Yeah, it's a fun movie to watch. How many times have they introduced the characters? At least four times in, in the beginning part. Yeah. At least four times. And one thing that bothered me, though, the biggest thing is that you knew which character was going to die because he's the only one that didn't get an or- a quick origin story. Mm-hmm. Or what a double his, uh, origin story. His, uh, the Australian guy. No, no, no. Boomerang. The Australian Boomerang did not die. Well, which one was it? That... The the guy that could climb the wall was the Indian guy. Okay, yeah. American I don't know guy. He could about. climb the wall. I can't remember what his name was because they didn't really hardly give him any They didn't introduce him at all. So you're like, well, he's with them. He's clearly Kim's father. He's clearly the guy that's going to go. 
They had to establish a suicide part of the squad. <laughs> because they couldn't suicide all of them. Yeah. Exactly. You have to break it up a little bit. I guess somebody <laughs> had to suicide. But, uh, you know, Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey was a better movie than Suicide Squad. It's not going for any Oscars, but it was fun to watch. Yeah. I enjoyed watching Harley Quinn go around kick people's butt. I, yeah. I, my favorite part about Harley Quinn in that movie, though, is her superpower compared to everybody else's. Because her superpower is she doesn't have a superpower. Her superpower is the fact that she just don't give a crap. She's completely <laughs> fearless. Yeah. I mean, she's out there with people like Deadshot, Boomerang. The Crocodile Man. What was his name? Uh, I can't say. It was Croc something. And Killer then Croc. Killer Croc. And then the, uh, Diablo. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of these guys actually were had these supernatural had, type had powers. Actual, had actual superpowers. But she was sitting there. Her superpower is crazy. It's crazy. It's like she was just, she was too crazy to give a crap that, hey, I might actually die in this. Capital C crazy. I mean, all these people are using all these weapons, and she's running out there with a baseball bat beating the crap out of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great. I, it's, it's, I, I, I like her character. Yeah. It, it, and Marco Robbie was, was made to play her. Right. She's perfect for that role. Absolutely perfect for that role. And I cannot wait to see her in more standalone Harley Quinn films. Shoot, have her go back with the Joker. I don't even care. Because people give Jared Leto's Joker crap. But each and every iteration of the Joker has had its own flaws and its own forms of greatness. And I think that Jared Leto's version of the Joker has its own version of greatness. You can't compare them to one another because they're not the same person. The Joker is not the same throughout. Jack Nicholson's is not the same as Heath Ledger's. And you can't compare the two. So Heath Ledger's, I mean, uh, so Jared Leto's just kind of stands by itself. He's, he's, his is a, a weird version of crazy. He does it for the power. Whereas Heath Ledger's Joker is a true chaotic neutral. He does it for the, for the laws. Yeah. And Heath Ledger's wants power. I, I'm sorry, and uh, Jared Leto's wants power. And he's got... Harley Quinn, who kind of feeds into that, and it's fun watching them. Yeah, and then, then you come along with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, whose entire Completely. character was just complete nuts. Yeah, well, I, for an origin story for the Joker, I thought that Joaquin Phoenix did a fantastic job, because ultimately, at his core, the Joker is just a mentally ill psychopath. Mm-hmm. And we get to see the system fail this poor man. And how he turned into this man that, if you had just given him just just the barest amount of help, would probably have been okay. But they kept cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting. And he doesn't come out on the other end okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's... A very poor, mentally unstable man that was treated bad by both the system and society. Because, like, even at the beginning of the movie, like, the first part that, like, starts getting him to become, quote-unquote, Joker was those people who just randomly beat him up on the subway just for sitting there laughing because he had an actual mental illness that would make him laugh at random points of time. Yeah. Like, and, and that was not his fault. I yeah. mean, he wasn't trying to be this weirdo. 
He just kind of was. It just shows the insensitivity of people can lead to stuff like that. Because, I mean, you don't know what everyone else is going through. You don't know what things some people may have wrong with them. And that just goes to show, like, here is a perfect example of somebody who is, they are quite literally broken. And they need help. But then just everybody just kicks dirt on them, just push them off to the side. Like, oh, you don't matter. Which brings up a good point. Batman was all about taking these criminals and, and psychotics and putting them in Arkham Asylum, right? Mm-hmm. Batman was also Bruce Wayne, who was a billionaire, right? Mm-hmm. How much more good would Bruce Wayne have done had he just infused some of his billions into the mental health of Gotham? As opposed to just arresting these guys and throwing them in a tank. See, if the Joker had had proper mental health care, would he have not then been the Joker? So I think that just shows to the point that Bruce Wayne did it this way because he enjoyed it. Exactly. That yes. Just a I think he enjoyed it. He enjoyed having all his gadgets all of his toys, going and taking on care, uh, other people that he had no business messing with. But it's just pure enjoyment. Yeah, I, 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 think, you're, I think you're absolutely right. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, call it at this point, um, even though we're starting to get into really some of the good psychoses of uh, the DC Comics. We're going to have to dig into this the next time you guys are here. You know, um, I'm halfway thinking that before he leaves this weekend, we might end up sitting in here and recording a second episode this weekend, even though we don't normally do that. I'm good with that. Because there's just... There's too much to talk, talk about, about in the DC and the Marvel Universe. Exactly. I mean, we could spend... And we're all a bunch episodes. of dorks. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm more of a Marvel guy than I am DC. I mean, I didn't grow up caring a whole lot about Superman and Batman and... All these guys. I mean, I grew up, for the longest, my favorite character was always Wolverine. Wolverine, Deadpool, and Punisher. Mm-hmm. And... See, I never could get into Wolverine. I always liked Rogue. Well, yeah. I mean, I liked her, too, because she's got that Southern... She's that Southern Belle. She's that sweet little Southern Belle. But I just really enjoyed Wolverine because he was one of those guys that didn't put up no crap. Uh, I enjoyed Deadpool just for the whole fourth wall breaking and how he just went after people. He didn't care. Well, I tell you what, we're coming to the end of our time tonight. So what we're going to do is we're going to put this episode online a little earlier than normal because normally we choose we we aim for Tuesdays, but I think we're going to go a little bit earlier this week. And we're going to sit down before you leave tomorrow, and we are going to geek out over comic books and Marvel movies. And the differences between the comic books and the movies, and we're going to talk about DC, and we're going to we're we're going to we're going to dig into all of this. Oh, maybe because, talk about some of our favorite characters and why they are. Yeah. Like why? I mean, I've kind of talked about why I like some of these guys, but there, there's certain reasons why I like certain characters yeah. more than others. But until then, we love you, and we will talk to you later, Alex. It was great to have you. Yeah. Thank you for coming on, man. This was great. Uh, we definitely went along a little bit longer than we were expecting, but it's been a great time sitting here having you here, and we're looking forward to just, this might be a regular thing for you. Yeah. <laughs>
I'll have to drop by a bit more often. Then. This yeah. might Absolutely. end up being the Vaughn, Cricket, and Alex podcast. We never know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we may just have a permanent third member that's here quite often. We never know because this, this is turning out really great, I think. Yeah, as long as the summer lasts, I should have a lot more time. Good deal. Do. We'll talk to you later, Alex. And thanks Listeners, for having me, guys. Listeners, we love you guys. Bye. Next time. Au revoir.